What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack. And today you're listening to the 141st episode of the Hogline Podcast. Welcome in, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great evening. And Jack, I hope you're having a great evening as well. Thanks. They may not be listening in the evening, though. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Well, today... Jack came up with a fantastic idea for a new series that I thought would be cool to do. What are we calling this? Player spotlight, player profile episodes. What? What is there a specific name you wanted to go with? I like player profile because it's alliteration. But all right, we're we're not a grammar podcast. We're an alliteration podcast. So I feel like that's a part of grammar. Okay. Well, no, there's <laughs> okay. a distinction here. Yeah. Probably this is our first player profile episode nonetheless um our vision for it my vision for it is just have the most random players possible which we took to instagram and we got a myriad of suggestions and we settled on trey mason for our first installment of the series that's true and and i think that trey mason who obviously will be taking an extensive deep dive in in just a few uh minutes here was perfect because he's obscure enough to where like he's not a name you obviously think of when you I don't know think of football players even uh, maybe if you're a big college football fan but he has enough information out there and is, 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 he you know was definitely in the news over the past like five years or so right. um, to where like doing enough research is it's not super difficult to do because all this information is definitely accessible so I think he was like a perfect suggestion for our first player profile episode, um, yeah. as, as you just said. And shout out to Matt Gall. He was the person who suggested uh, Trey Mason, the, yep. the finalist in the Hogline uh, Basketball Jeopardy tournament. That's so right. Thank you, Matt, for your uh, great suggestion. And, um, and yeah, so I guess we can get into it. I, we both took uh, a deep dive into Trey Mason's life, his, uh, his 27 years on this earth. And, uh, I guess I can give a, a brief intro. I don't know how we're usually doing this. This is, this is our first time out here, folks. So yeah. I'll just give you guys a brief, um, you know, rundown of who Trey Mason is on the on the very surface level. Um, how can you even 
Obviously, just go. We're, just go. We're, we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty of Trey Mason. So this is just this is just if you're a casual, I know I know so much about Trey Mason right now. If you're not a if you're not a you know, we went deep into the like. Don't just gloss over the main speaking points we're going to get into. Let's just start. Let's just. I think we should just jump right into the weeds. Like, go. What's your first thing you have about Trey Mason? Okay, so Trey Mason, born Trent Mason. Didn't even know that. Oh, all right. The one one zero for in favor of Mitchell here. <laughs> Uh, his name was Trench Mason. T R E Trench. Yeah, T R E N C E. I thought you. Okay, I thought you said Trench. Trench. Okay, keep going. Trench Mason. He's born in Emmitville, New York. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but A M I T Y V I L L E, New York. Born August sixth, nineteen ninety three. I don't know what time or what hospital, but that's as far as I went in my research. Okay. Um. His father, Vincent Mason, was a part of the Grammy-winning hip-hop trio D De La Soul. I don't know if you knew that. No. But, yeah, so his, his father is a Grammy award-winning artist. Okay. And although he was born in New York, he grew up for most of his childhood in Florida. I'm sure you knew right. that, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's from Florida. He, um, he attended Park Vista community high school in Boyntown Beach, Boynton Beach, Florida. It's about an hour and a half. No, not an hour and a half. About an hour north of Fort Lauderdale. So okay. obviously on the coast. Um, and yeah, it's about an hour or so, 30 miles or so from, from north of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, multi-sport athlete, you know, football, baseball, not baseball, football, basketball, and track. Excuse me. Right. Uh, a lot of a lot of professional athletes could probably have gone professional in multiple sports. Not just all of them, not all of them, but there's definitely some that, you know, played different sports in high school and whatnot and excelled at them as uh, Mason did. I watched an interview of his that he, he, he really wanted to be a, a basketball professional basketball player up until about ninth or 10th grade. Then he realized uh, he was five foot eight. Yeah. Then, then he, uh, he stopped growing. He's, his right. height kind of plateaued. So he kind of, Stuck with football as his main sport, and he was wise to do so because in, in his senior year of high school, he had 1,623 yards and 24 touchdowns in his senior season. I have 1,643 yards. Maybe I misread it. We'll just put, we'll go 1633. Okay, um, sure. Also in high school, um, he was, you mentioned he was track and field. He placed highly in the 100 meter sprint, long jump, and high jump throughout his high school career. Um, he, as you said, attended Park Vista Community High School in Boynton Beach, Florida from 2011, 2000, 2007 to 2011, which is, he was, uh, high school classmates with another famous Trey, um, Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals, who was class of 2012. So... Park Vista had two professional athletes named Trey graduate within one year apart from other, from one another. Interesting. I didn't know that. So there you go. One, one on the scoreboard of yeah. uh, facts that we didn't know. <laughs> so we have some sources on Trey Mason. Mm. Um, who That's right. Wa- watched some of his games. I don't think he did. No, no, no. Our, our source did. Our source is a secondary source, but his 
connection. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Our, the source himself didn't watch these games, but he heard yes. from he heard from a very trusted source of his. Yes, yeah. That Trey Mar- Trey Mason was a was a terrific kid. He did, according to our source, get in a little bit of trouble, but nothing too serious, I believe. And and he was he obviously was a very standout athlete, um, and was very fun to watch in his high school days. And yeah. he did mention that we should give her a call, but considering it is very late at night, I don't, I, and we have no, we don't know the it, information to contact us. Yeah. Also, we don't have. Yeah. But that would have <laughs> been very, that would have been very funny to to True. call. And we will not reveal this source, so don't don't you think Hogla Nation that we're going to give anything away? This this source is remaining confidential. I feel like we can't call because then, like every every episode, every the next installment of all these player profiles, we're going to be expected to have a source and have like inside information like that. It that is a good point too. We don't want to. We can't set the bar too high. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just trust us. That's that's our that's our yeah. source. Just trust us, bro. So do you have anything else high school prior to college? All I have was four. He was a four star football recruits uh, rated the 14th best running back in his class. He chose Auburn over West Virginia and Mississippi. Uh, right. Yeah. So I had all of that, except I had wrote down all the schools that made him an offer. Oh, okay. That was for yeah. West Virginia, Ole Miss, Penn, uh, Penn State, Michigan, Texas A&M, and Auburn. And as you said, he obviously chose Auburn on February 2nd, 2011. Yep. That's all I have on uh, that, that. That's that's everything you need to know about uh, Trey Mason in his younger days. Uh, but we will move on to his collegiate career, which obviously he made a – he was a – if you're a college football fan, you, you obviously know his name – uh, from his prolific junior season. But before that, um, freshman year, he didn't really see the field that much. Uh, I'm sure you know he, he had a 97-yard kickoff return his first game of college. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. So that, that was a highlight from his uh, freshman year. Didn't really see much action, though. Uh, he only had 28 carries on the season, 161 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the team went 8-5 and five that year. So they did, did decently well. They made a bowl game. So um, not much going on. Just a pretty average year for him. And he, he had a good yards per carry. I think it was like 5.8 or something like that, if, if you do the math. So pretty good and pretty efficient with his touches. And as, we, as we'll get into in a second here, he obviously improved upon each season from an individual statistic standpoint. So yep. you, can, you can say a little bit about their sophomore year if you'd like. I didn't write down specific years for statistic wise. I know they didn't make a bowl game sophomore year or he didn't, he was, I remember in his stats, there was no bowl game. He didn't play in a bowl game or they not make a bowl game. Uh, no. So they, the team was pretty bad. They were three and nine. Yeah. So very bad okay. year for Auburn that year, which, which we will get into in a second. Their 2013 it makes that season even more uh, special because considering they went three and nine the year prior, but uh, Mason was the lead back that year. So I don't remember who was in front of him his freshman year, but his sophomore year, he took kind of the, the lead of the backfield. And he did very well with it. He led the team in all rushing categories. Um, he had a very solid season, 171 carries for 1,002 yards and eight touchdowns. And he also caught seven balls for 86 yards. So he did pretty well for, for an offense that and a team overall that wasn't 
uh, very good in, in terms of wins. So did you have something to say? He looked like you were about to say something. No, I just have another note. I'll save it to after the 2013 season. Okay. I'll just say it now, actually. Sure. I just wrote down uh, all his notable college teammates. Okay, I, I know a couple. I know um, – Yeah, Nate, Nate, I have five. Do you, off the top of your head, do you recall any or well, have any? Greg, Greg Robinson, he was drafted second overall in the in the 2014 NFL draft. He okay, was, I did not write him down, though. CJ Uzama. Right. That's all I really know. Um, I believe he played with Uzama for all three years. Uh, also, Cody Parkey. Okay. Sammy, Sammy Coates. Coates. Sammy Coates. I, yeah. I remember that one. D Ford. And then whom he shared the backfield with in 2013, Cameron Artist Payne. Interesting. That's all. Okay. Continue on. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it from his freshman and sophomore year. Obviously, take uh, took a big step forward in his sophomore season at Auburn. But the junior season was pretty historic, not only for the team, but for him as well. Right. Uh, started off by hiring a new coach. Uh, they, they, I don't remember the old guy's name who went three and nine, but you know, if you're Auburn football, you have higher expectations from a from a local standpoint and a national standpoint. People expect you to be consistently at least making bowl games, but you know, pretty much being right up there with the the nine ten win range and pushing for a playoff spot. Right. But they hired Gus Malzen. Malzen. Probably didn't pronounce his last name correctly. Um, this is the season in the, uh, in which the final regular season game was the Iron Bowl with Alabama, which the uh, famous kick six happened. Correct. Yeah, I have this. So, um, can I can I talk about this real quick? Yeah, like, sure. Go ahead. The kicks famous kick six game happened uh, off memory. I think it was November thirteenth, twenty thirteen. I think it was November thirtieth. Okay. Oh right. Okay. Um, Auburn was coming in ranked number four at the time. They were a 10-point underdog to number one, Alabama, who, which that Alabama team consisted of. Can you name quarterback, running back, receiver? I think it was A.J. McCarron. Yep. Amari Cooper. Yep. And Kenyon Drake. No. TJ Yeldon? Yes. AJ okay. McCarron, TJ Yeldon, Amari Cooper. Um, Kenny the Iron Bowl, might have been on the team, though. He was like a complimentary back. He so. could have been, yeah. Um, but the Iron Bowl is just the Auburn-Bama game that happens every year, correct? Yeah. Um, and then the winner would be advancing to the SEC championship. Um, game was kind of back and forth the whole time. Trey Mason had a one-yard run with a minute 40 left in the second quarter to cut Bama's lead to only a touchdown, 21-14. Uh, he then went on to finish the game with 29 carries for 164 yards. And, of course, the touchdown I just mentioned. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that we're diving into him here. And I, I knew that he went to Auburn, but, like, I didn't really register that that yeah, was right around the time that this play happened. So it's right. cool that he is such – he is a part of such a – Yeah, and he was like the starting running back, right, and a very integral part of uh, that of Auburn team, yeah. yeah, and the game. And, yeah, and quite frankly, the whole entire season. But 
I mean, that, that play is not only just one of the most famous college football plays, it's got to be one of the most famous sports plays of all time. Right. I mean, I feel like when you see sports montages like you, that, that, that frequently comes up, right? If you search the best plays moments of sports moments of 2010s, that several articles will have that play there. And like we both follow the Instagram account board brackets, pretty famous account. I mean, what has like 20,000 followers. I don't know, but they always post his stories and one of which was best sports moments of 2010s and that one won. So yeah, it's, it's definitely regarded as one of a, yeah, it was clearly a big moment. Right. So as you said, the winner of that game would eventually go on to the SEC championship game the following week to play Missouri. Yeah. I believe Auburn was ranked number three in time and Missouri was number five. So and this was a this was a time there were no college football playoff. I believe the next the following season was the inaugural. No, season. the thirteen season was the first season for it. I don't think so. Oh uh, no! What? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I was because, a freshman in high school. Yeah, because it was the the first college football playoff was like Oregon. Well, Ohio State won with Zeke. Oregon right. with Mariota. I mean, not Oregon. Sorry. Um, you're right. Oh, okay, yeah. Oregon with Mariota, Winston, Florida State. Yeah, okay. That was the following year, though. Right. So, the SEC championship game, very high-scoring game. This was probably Trey Mason's best game of his career. Do you know his stat line? I do not. It was absolutely ridiculous. So, he set SEC championship records for carries, yards, and rushing touchdowns. Four rushing touchdowns, 304 yards, and I think this is the most ridiculous, absurd stat here, 46 carries. Oh, my God. That is absolutely insane. What was the score? They played Missouri, correct? Uh, They did, and I don't remember the the exact score, but I know Auburn scored, I think, 59, and Missouri scored, like, 41. So I think the total points were, like, close to 100. Wow. So... They win that game, Auburn. You know, they're I think they're eleven and one at this point. They did drop drop a game earlier in the season, and they they get into the national championship. I mean, this is the last year where it was just the one and two seed going to the national championship at the end of the year, no playoff. Mm-hmm. So the their their fate is decided by the committee. Not that it's not with the playoff, but at least there's at least more teams, and you can kind of, you know, make a little bit of run if you're the four seed or whatever. But this is just the top two teams. I feel like they have. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head the other teams they're deciding between to get them in but like after that the iron bowl and what seems like the the game we just described the sc championship being 11 and 1 i feel like there should definitely be in who they play i forget right so they go against florida state and this oh, is okay of, this is one of the best college football teams of all time right yeah I uh, included Jameis Winston, Devontae Freeman, Kelvin Benjamin, and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, right. So, you know, they, they kind of run into a, a, a true powerhouse. I think they were they were 14 and 0 or 13 and 0 or whatever it was. So, you know, Florida State beats them. Pretty close game. I mean, it was 34 31. So, uh, pretty much a nail biter all the way through. Um, and just, just, to, just to recap Trey Mason's season as a whole. As we tie this back to him, of course, had a fantastic season, uh, 317 carries, uh, 1,816 rushing yards, and 23 rushing touchdowns. 
12 catches, 163 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown as well. Truly prolific season. He was one of six Heisman finalists. Did not win. Yeah, the uh, finalists were uh, he was six, as you said. Or did you say that? Yeah, he, there were six finalists that year, and he there was, were seven. He was sixth. Yes. There were seven. He finished sixth. Okay. First was Jameis Winston. Second, A.J. McCarron. Third, Jordan Lynch. Four, Andre Williams. Five, Johnny Menzel. Six, Mason. And seven, Bryce Petty. Um, he won the 2013 SEC Player of the Year. Do you... Um, do you happen to know off the top of your head who won it in 2017? The SEC Player of the Year? 2017 SEC Player of the Year. Same position, same school. Carryon Johnson? Correct. Carryon Johnson won it uh, four years later. Just thought that was odd. Um, same position, same school. So it maybe it's a jinx of uh, if you're an Auburn running back, you win the SEC Player of the Year, and then your uh, NFL career sputters out after two seasons. Well, let's hope not. It happened twice in the past eight years, so I don't know. I don't think it's a co- just a coincidence. There's something there. I think you're reaching with that one. <laughs> but just to add to the accolades of Trey Mason in his uh, historic 2013 season, he broke the school rushing record previously held by, I believe, Bo Jackson in Auburn history for most rushing yards in a single season. And it was, at the time, the third most rushing yards in SEC history in a single season. It is now fifth because uh, he was supplanted by Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry uh, in the years to come. So, But still, today, it stands as the fifth most rushing yards in SEC single season history with 1,816. So a very great year for Mason. He was the the catalyst behind the national championship run for the Auburn Tigers and a part of a, a college football season that people will probably not forget um, because it was attached and so closely uh, associated with, with a historic play. So that is a, uh, a recap of pretty much all of Trey Mason's college career. Uh, we transitioned to the NFL where Mason was unfortunately not so um, not as successful uh, by any stretch of the imagination as his uh, college career. He was drafted in the third round, 75th overall, so early third round, in the 2014 NFL draft. Let me just comment on his combine real quick. Oh, he sure. tested fairly well, ran a four. F- conflicting reports. I saw one that had a meta 4.44. Four, four, another one had a 4.5, so not uh, high fours. We'll just say that's what his 40-yard was. Uh, 38.5 vertical and a 126 broad jump, which was in the upper percentile of the entire combine. So he tested fairly well. Um, continue. I cut you off there. No, and then that, that broad jump, or that's what you said, right? The broad jump was the, the high percentile. Both were, the vertical and the broad jump. Yeah, that's definitely got to go back to his track background in, uh, in high school because he was Correct. definitely a standout there. As I mentioned earlier, his Auburn teammate, uh, Greg Robinson, was drafted by the Rams second overall, so they were teammates. Don't know if I mentioned that. Mason was drafted by the Rams in the third round, 75th overall. He was, to start off his rookie season, he was inactive for the first four games of his uh, rookie season. 
Yeah, do you know why? Was he hurt? No. I probably injury. Also, you said who did they select in the first round? Greg Robinson. Because 2014 NFL draft. Do you think that's not right? Um I thought that was oh, this was a 2013 draft. Okay. They took who, who do you think Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. I wrote I read that wrong. I yeah, I had Aaron Donald, but yeah, that's incorrect. He was 2013. Um right, so they picked second. Yes, they did. Which did they trade into that? Because I wrote down here the 2013 Rams were coming off a fourth place finish in the NFC West, but at a seven and nine record. Um I'm not sure. So I feel like they must trade in to get the second overall pick. Uh their running back situation in 2013. Do you know who it is? Zach Stacy. Oh, you said that right. Zach Stacy. He was the Rams 2013 fifth round selection. He totaled 250 carries for 970 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. So solid season out of Zach Stacy. However, they decide to add their backfield, selecting Mason in the third round, as you said. But yeah, jump back into 2014. He was inactive for the first uh, weeks one through four. Yeah, so he did not play for the first uh, quarter of the season. And then he kind of got some action weeks five through seven, did decently well. And he started for the final uh, nine games of his rookie right. season. And he did pretty well. He finished the year with 179 carries for 765 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Also added 16 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown uh, through the air. So not the most amazing rookie season, but definitely showed flashes and right. he definitely got better as the year went on, as he was yeah. getting more opportunity. Definitely showed flashes. Um, as you said, he had his first start week eight, rushed for 19 or nineteen carries, 65 yards. And then in week 10, in a win versus the Broncos, he rushed for 113 on 29 carries and they won 52 to zero. Um, week 12 in a win over Oakland, Mason rushed for 117 yards on 14 carries and had two touchdowns on the ground. Um, yeah, I thought he had a decent rookie season and showed potential, which the team as a whole didn't end that great. They, uh, finished the 2014 season on a three game losing streak, finished six and 10. Um, and they, then selected Todd Gurley, the 10th overall pick in the 2015 draft, which I, playing GM a little bit, I was a little, I mean, not saying at the time, I wasn't that in tune with the Rams in 2014, but looking back on their roster, kind of surprised they would go running back 10th overall, considering they had two young running backs and Zach Stacy and Trey Mason who had potential who were like decent and there were just a lot of other holes in the team they only had two pro bowlers in 2014 which were both on the defensive line in Aaron Donald Robert Quinn um the team finished bottom 11 in scoring in 2014 with just about 20 points per game and the QBs on their roster were Austin Davis and Sean Hill so immediately I thought like why are they not thinking quarterback was um, Sam Bradford hurt? This was after Sam Bradford. He Sam Bradford was like 
late like 2010-ish, I believe. Um, but so that was their quarterbacks, Austin Davis and Sean Hill. Honestly, don't even know who those guys are. So I thought they'd go quarterback. But in 2015, that was a year that Winston went one, Marriott went two. Um, and then that quarterback class was not good, like very top heavy with the two of Mariota and Winston. And then in the 2015 draft, there was no quarterback taken until Garrett Grayson in the middle of the third round, followed by Bryce Petty, Sean Mannion, and Brett Huntley. So uh, I guess they, the Rams understood that this was not the year they'd get a quarterback. So they went with Todd Gurley, which, I mean, I said I'd feel like they shouldn't have gone Todd Gurley, but like Todd Gurley was such a integral part of their Super Bowl run and like their offense for the next ensuing years. So I guess I can't blame them for that. Just trying to defend our guy, Trey Mason. They shouldn't have replaced him so soon. So a couple words on that. So Sam Bradford, uh, just, he was out. He tore his ACL that year, or did not play due to injury. Okay. But he so wasn't he, there. He wasn't on the team. They did trade him the year. So that, sorry, excuse me. That was 2014. So going into 2015, he got traded to the Eagles. Right. So that's kind of what they did there. But then they, so who was their quarterback in 15 then? Oh, it was Jared Goff. Yeah. They traded Goff for um, Bradford. Yeah. It was. I, I remember looking at their roster and Goff, they, they went with Goff for 2015. That is correct. And, and also what I wanted to say, I mean, it was just, even though it was only six years ago, which does, is not really that long, I feel like the NFL definitely has changed, honestly, in the past six years. Like, running backs were taken higher back then, even though it was only six years ago. I mean, I really yeah. doubt we're going to see, even three years ago with Saquon, I just really I doubt, doubt we see gonna, that. That's not going to happen again. Yeah, yeah so, and uh, Zeke, with 2016, he was... Right, and then Fournette and McCaffrey. And Fournette, yeah, yeah, so, it's going to be rare. You're right. So it, even though it just shows it's a testament to how how much the NFL has shifted in in that short of a time. So it, you got to look at it through that different perspective of how yeah, like, they, they view these running backs differently. And this year, I mean, it, it worked out for them, to be honest. I mean, like you said, Gurley was a very essential part of their team. And Trey Mason, as we'll get into in, in just a quick second here, I mean, it, it just didn't didn't work out for him at all but they must have seen like like it didn't work out because it didn't work out for him because he was they replaced him first like there was nothing wrong with him off the field at the time and then after that season that's when his off the field stuff start that's so hard to know what caused that though if that would have happened anyway or his off the field stuff right i mean yeah i'm saying i don't think like him being replaced who knows? But I don't think him being like kind of replaced by Todd Gurley had influence on his off the field stuff. Um, I don't know. But we'll get into that right now because that's pretty much where the story is heading. <laughs> right. So as you said, they drafted Todd Gurley, and Mason's role in the offense was pretty much completely diminished at that point. In his sophomore NFL season, he only had 75 carries for 207 yards and one touchdown, 18 catches for 88 yards. So, I mean. Yeah, that was in 13 games. And Todd Gurley also played 13 games in 2015. And Gurley had 229 carries, 
total just under 1,300 yards from scrimmage and then 10 total touchdowns. Right. So obviously Gurley added a whole, excuse me, different dimension to the offense that Mason just couldn't live up to. Right. And then honestly, things just snowballed from there. Right. Really got bad. I mean, Jeff Fisher said at the end of the 2015 season, like he just stopped hearing from him. He just stopped contacting the Rams organization, didn't really communicate with his teammates. So no one really knew what was going on with him, what was going on in his head, what his deal was. And during that offseason, Trey Mason was involved in five different police-related events in a four-month span. Yeah, on March 6, 2016, he got arrested on four charges of drug possession, also had an additional charge for resisting arrest for reckless driving. Um Throughout that offseason, police were reportedly at his mother's Florida home five times during a four-month period. And as you said, at the end of the 2013 season, or sorry, 15 season, that cutoff of contact continued, and he was a no-show at Rams camp that offseason. Um, and then just to continue his off-field stuff, he was eventually arrested in January 2017 from an incident that stemmed from the 2016 offseason, and he was sentenced to one year probation. Right. So a little bit more about that, uh, that incident. So it was the incident occurred in July of 2016. Actually, I, I, I have a lot of information about this incident. Okay, go for it. Yeah. So July 23rd, I believe it was 2016. His mother called the police on him because he was acting very erratically at the home and this was not a, a new, apparently a, allegedly i mean it was, was a, this wasn't a new occurrence uh or a rare occurrence for mason because i feel like what i from what i've read his mom and other family members were very concerned for his well-being his mental health and according to the police report mason was just saying stuff that didn't make any sense so i have a, a couple direct quotes from the police report he said, I'm going to call the White House because we're all going to lose our jobs. And he also said the police were responsible for teaching Al-Qaeda how to fly, fly planes. So stuff that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And clearly he, you know, wasn't right. Later that month, I think it was honestly maybe even a week, less than a week later, uh, he was doing wheelies on an ATV. Oh, I saw there, that. There's a police video from this, so you may have seen it. Uh, police arrived at the scene. He started fleeing from them. He drove all the way home and ran into I ran inside his home. Uh, the police officers were just trying to help him. Really, they said, "We're not going to give you any. Um, you know, we're not going to arrest you. We're just going to give you some citations, and we're just if you can, if you can just come out here and talk to us." Didn't want to talk to them at all. Uh, they talked to his mother, who seemed very concerned for him, as echoing the same sentiment throughout that whole summer. Um, and his mom seemed to think that over the past year or so at that point, you know, he was acting very weird and she thought it was, you know, related to, uh, potentially some football related injuries some head, head trauma and maybe showing early signs of CTE. Uh, unfortunately you can't, we can't, uh, diagnose or, or officially diagnose someone with CTE until after they're, uh, they have passed away. That's when you can do a brain scan for CTE. So no one's ever going to know for certain whether that's what Mason uh, is suffering from. But it's just very sad because all of this seemed very abrupt, you know. I right. actually I saw some of his interviews from the pre-draft process and some from his rookie season, and he seemed like a very um, 
you know, a guy that just liked to have fun. He, he wasn't like a, he was a charismatic guy and he, he liked to play football. And, uh, I, from the inter- I think I watched like three different interviews from him. He, they seemed very, uh, he just, he loved to play football and he just loved being there with his teammates and everything. And, right. um, he was obviously really talented. So it's, it's just really sad to see how just, it just really fell down like so quickly, like all of a sudden, like, you know, it, I, like I said, he had a he had a strong rookie season to where something you could definitely build upon, and he he got better as it went on, and it just fell off the face of the earth. To be honest, sure. at this point, the saddest part he's only twenty two years old at this point. Yeah, <laughs> so he's so super young, younger than me. Well, he's got to be twenty three, maybe twenty three at this point. Yeah. Um. So he gets arrested arrested for that uh, the, those events that I uh, just described six months later in January of twenty seventeen. Uh, and he was officially charged for fleeing and eluding uh, the police without regard for other safety. So that kind of put the the, the finishing wraps on that whole um, fiasco. March 2017, he was officially released from the Rams, and he never played another NFL snap. Right. Uh, in 2018, played back on the back on the gridiron. Signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League. I don't know if you have this written down, but he that season he totaled 912 yards in 18 games for them in a kind of rotational piece of their backfield and, however, was released a year later. Yeah, he was. He tore his ACL, so that was kind okay. of the end of his run um, in the CFL and just football in general, to be honest, because he hasn't played since. Right. And And that is pretty much it. Um, Mason stands here today. He's only 27 years old. So just think about wow. he could still be in his prime. Yeah. He was still playing in the NFL right now, which he very well could be if all this didn't happen. So it is very unfortunate to see. And, you know, um, I think the worst part is just hearing his mother on that police uh, video, just saying how his declining mental health was, she thought it was due to football injuries. And it's just, it's just a very sad thing to see a, a so much potential, um, not realized it is um i don't know if you know this i genuinely don't i'm asking you like what does he do now what do you or at least what do you think he does now like i don't i don't know um i, like, I, I, I couldn't like... i couldn't really find anything on what his current status is i mean i i didn't think to check instagrams which i can do that right now yeah true uh, i don't even know if i mean he may have an Instagram. We will see. I feel like someone in his spot, like, would be like a positional, co- like a high school football coach. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, his story is kind of all over the place. So, like, you really have no idea where his head's out and, like, where he'd want to go from, like, his past experiences. I just kind of feel like if, like, players like this that have a little success in the league or, like, in college and, like, they could just get a easily get a job as like a high school football coach or high school whatever sport they play coach he you're right i mean they're definitely when you when you're that talented and you were that good at the at the game you definitely have more opportunities in that regard of of just more and more connections uh, I'm looking at Instagram now. I'm very confused. I, 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 I'm honestly more confused than when I started to look at his Instagram of what he's doing now. He posts like, you know, a couple times a month. 
Whoa, I see this now. He, I, I don't really know. So if you're interested, you can go on Instagram. It's the Trey Mason on Instagram. And I mean, there's some old highlights from high school. There's a whole long thing. It says, say no to drugs. Uh, his last three posts are a picture of him and he's overlooking some city and it says Godzilla. And the caption says on Godzilla. So I don't really know, to be honest, uh, what he's doing right now. Okay. His Instagram story has, it says, I'll sue them. That's it. I don't really know. Regardless, hmm. a fantastic college career. And, you know, if you looked at him from the NFL draft, you'd say this guy has all the potential to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. And he didn't come anywhere close. And it is sad to see because I really, I really think that I don't know. I can't say for certain because, you know, I have no connection to him. And I was, you know, just whatever, 14, 15 years old when all this was happening. So I, I don't really know for certain, but it just seems that something like a flip switch in his head and maybe there was it was just festering for a while and it always it just this was it just reached a boiling point i don't know but it's just uh really sad to see because I, I generally think that he he was a good kid growing up and um he was a really good football player so yeah right. any final words any any anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to on trey mason this is your time to speak now I don't. I think I read through everything. Trey, if you're listening to this, please come on the show. Right. Yeah. We'd we'd love to. We would <laughs> right. love to interview you and and hear more about your story. And if we got anything wrong or anything you want to clear up, uh, we apologize. We were just doing our research, and it, it, we would love to. We would love to speak to you. So if anyone uh, can line that up for us, we'd be appreciative. Maybe right? your inside source can. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll hit up the source. Sure. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this player profile and we'll be doing this occasionally when we can't really think of anything else to talk about. It's definitely a, geez, I just dropped my mic stand. I apologize if that was, <laughs> that was loud. Uh, yeah. So if anyone has any suggestions, um, even if we're not like actively looking for them, you can always let us know and we'll, we'll look into it. So yeah. definitely encourage any and all suggestions. And, uh, and like I said, thanks for listening and, uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you uh, to Mr. Tease for sponsoring this episode and all the all the episodes, of course. And we will catch you next week with another episode, folks. See you.